Hello and welcome to the Star Wars Universe podcast. It's Aaron once again and my lovely guest, Alex. Hello. Say hello, hello. Um, yes, hello once again, Matthew is sitting out today. They have a really sore throat, kind of a sickness going on. So this might be part one of two episodes, podcast episodes we do on this episode of Ahsoka because Matthew still had stuff to say. So we might try to all record together again later or if Alex can't make it, we'll see what happens. But Matthew has things to say and I want you guys to hear him. So we'll get there at some point. In the meantime... Today, we're going to talk about episode seven of the Ahsoka show. Ah, oh, shoot. This means I have to do a recap. I forgot about this. Okay. Do you want me to recap? Yeah. <laughs> this week, this week, Alex is going to recap. Okay. Um, so we open the episode on Coruscant. Or we sh- or you think it's Coruscant? It has to be Coruscant, right? I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. Okay. We open the new episode in Coruscant, in the heart of the New Republic, at a disciplinary hearing for General Hera Syndulla because she decided to go rogue and uh, bring a little squad to search for Sabine, or to follow Sabine and Ahsoka to to try and see if all these rumors about Thrawn were true. Um, while in this meeting, uh, Senator... I don't know why you're looking at me. A senator. Um, I'm trying to find a recap somewhere so we can just in, do this. While in this, while in this hearing, a senator basically accuses her of um, abusing her power and doing whatever she wants while Mon Mothma, as the chancellor, is presiding over things. While he calls for a court martialing of her, C3PO appears out of nowhere, Return of the King, and presents a data disk um, and basically uh, relays a, a message from Leia Organa that she had approved this mission and that Hera should be absolved and it was all a big misunderstanding. Yes, I did find his name. It's Senator Ziono. Thank you. Um, yeah, and so then basically she's acquitted in that moment and Mon Mothma approaches Hera afterwards and says... We both know that that's not really what happened. Like, how sure are you that there's a threat here? And she's like, we have to prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Chips. We cut to Hu Yang and Ahsoka still in a pergo's mouth. And Ahsoka is training on her ship. Um, she's practicing different lightsaber uh, combat forms and techniques. And surprise, surprise, you get to see Anakin... Um, a hologram Anakin walking around her and essentially showing her or, or recalling some of the lessons that he he taught her during the Clone Wars and helping her kind of hone her forms. Um, after a short session of that, we come out of hyperspace in the Pergo and end up in a minefield, Imperial minefield laid out by Thrawn and his forces. Uh, the Pergils quickly jump to Whitespeed to escape while Ahsoka and Hu Yang move through the minefield and enter the debris field of whalebones surrounding the planet where they hide. Uh, Thrawn quickly realizes that she's hiding, um, determines that Ahsoka is alive, and learns that Anakin Skywalker was her former master. He decides to temporarily pull out of the situation um, and wait for, to gather more information as Thrawn does. We... Take a look at Ezra and Sabine, who are together chatting, kind of getting caught up on, you know, 
just how they're both doing, uh, what, what's gone on since Ezra's been gone. Ezra's very surprised to learn that Ahsoka has been training <laughs> Sabine. Um, that was good. Which I thought was very funny, and they're you know they're they're basically migrating through the fields with the little uh, snail crab people, no team. Um, while Balin Skull and Shin are hunting them. Um, Balin and Shin come over to a horizon and basically find Ezra and Sabine, and Balin tells Shin to contact Thrawn, take her place in the new Empire, and that his path lies elsewhere. Um, oh, while this is happening. Thrawn orders his forces to flush out Ahsoka and Hu Yang from the debris field. They escape. Oh, I'm sorry. Backing up. Oh, this he is just happening. did a little backpedaling motion with his hands, and I think you guys just needed to know that. <laughs> oh, this is happening. Uh, Hu Yang and Ahsoka are hiding in the debris field, and Ahsoka decides to try and reach out through the force and find Sabine and see if she can locate her. She succeeds. Sabine hears her. Uh, she's a little surprised by that, and she even comments to Ezra that she felt this familiar feeling come over her. Ahsoka is flushed out by Thrawn and Thrawn's forces, and is forced to leave the debris field, and then makes a beeline towards Sabine and Ezra. Uh, at this point, Shin decides to call Thrawn, get his back, get some forces to back her up, and they basically surround Ezra and Sabine. Ezra implores Sabine to keep his lightsaber that he gave it to her, and to use it <laughs> to defend herself, and all he needs is the Force, because the Force is his ally. Very Ezra Bridger. Um, so Ezra Bridger. <laughs> and so Shin comes down with her lightsaber. Some you know, some of Thrawn's uh, night troopers show up. There are some raiders that help out. And they all essentially descend on Ezra Sabine and the snail people, who Ezra insists hide. And just using the Force, and, and Sabine using her Mandalorian skills and lightsaber, they fight off the Force's... Um, Ahsoka arrives, but first has to engage Balin's skull. They have a lightsaber fight. Uh, Balin basically tells her, you can't defeat me. Ahsoka's like, yeah, I really don't have to, though. And Hu Yang shoots at him. She rolls off, escapes, and goes to help Ezra and Sabine. She intercedes. Um, and Thrawn ends up recalling his forces after Ahsoka and Hu Yang basically turn the tide of battle for them. Uh, Thrawn comments that... His first engagement with Tano was a success. He learned a lot. Um, and that the thing that Ahsoka couldn't afford to lose was time, and she lost a ton of it. The transfer of cargo, which we still believe to be um, bodies of Night Sisters, is almost complete onto um, the Chimera. And they're getting ready to leave. And so the forces are withdrawn. Shin is left there standing alone, and Ahsoka offers to help her, to surrender and help her. Mm -hmm. Shin looks scared and decides to run off instead. Sabine and Ezra jolt forward. Ahsoka holds them back. Shin escapes. Um, and we're left now with uh, Ahsoka and Ezra finally having their their embrace. Uh, they're get they're you know getting back together. And uh, yeah, and we're kind of left now with the final episode coming up with uh, Thrawn getting ready to leave. The whole gang kind of back together. And not really knowing where that where Balin's trying to go right now, and Shin no, being being lost without a master, so a lot of a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Well, thank you for that recap. Very good, very good. Um, yeah, let's let's get into the notes. First thing I wrote down. Wait, actually, okay, we have to address something from last week that both Alex and I, with our big brains combined, and the one 
brain cell we have was sleeping because we talked so much about the night troopers and how that's what they called Thrawn's troopers and how I had specifically gone back and rewound the episode to find out what they call them. As we talked about this, neither of us put together that they are night troopers as in night sisters, implying that they are reanimated troopers. So great realization we both had. Yeah. Yup. Yup. Yeah, that was pretty tough. But it's fine. So, we know it now and we're here. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly, exactly. So since how I just do you... gave a long-winded monologue. Aaron, you want to give me your first thoughts of the episode? Yeah, 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 yeah. So first thing I wrote down was 3PO, exclamation point. Um, very <laughs> excited to see him. As always, a king. I loved when Ziona was like, we can't admit evidence brought by a mere <laughs> droid. And Chopper in the crowd loses, just loses it. He's like, <laughs> yeah, we came real close to getting to, to getting to see a war crime from Chopper yeah. on, on live TV, but he, he was held he he was held back. The homies held yeah. him back, but I, I wanted to see Chopper throw hands. Yeah, Tiva was like, not now, Chop, not now. <laughs> C- calm down, calm down. Let him cook. Let him cook. <laughs> but yeah. Um, just more of seeing the New Republic not take Thrawn seriously, which is going to be really funny in the Mandalorian movie when they're all proved wrong and it's really awkward for them. And I hope Ziono, this is maybe messed up to say, but I hope he dies in a really funny way because he deserves it. I hope Thrawn specifically gets him. Yeah. Oh, I support this. I mean, I I also was very excited when I saw 3PO. I also like how they, the music was really cool there. It was kind of this weird mix of Leia's theme and a much lighter uh tonal version of the uh rebellion music and it was just it was mm-hmm. just really cool to to see three people back on the big screen and and even just like having a reference to leia you know because she obviously she's very involved in the new republic um mm-hmm. but yeah i also like i would like to see uh what's his name zionis ziono ziono at see, least like Z- get his he doesn't yeah, have to no, die, he, he needs like... to i mean he either is an imperial remnant himself like a little mole or he's brain dead. And either way, I need him gone. I need him gone. Uh, I respect my mother's immense patience in that moment. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, I, yeah, I, need, I need that man gone. Uh, I was also very excited to see 3PO join the fray. Um, I also was like, Dave, you're spoiling me. You're giving me more Hayden. You're giving me more Hayden Christensen right now. I know. I was like, and man. in the Clone Wars garb. Dude, I... He knew. He knows. He knows how to feed us, and he does. Just getting to see because we knew those those holograms existed. We saw bits of them in Rebels, um, yep. and I thought that it was very cool to see like a live action version of that and and hear Hayden Christensen talk about Grievous, Ventress, and Dooku. Mm-hmm. Um, felt like Clone Wars fans and Rebels fans got to eat pretty quickly early on in the episode, which I which I appreciated. Yeah. And there was some good quips in there, too. He says to Ahsoka, like, you'll need to defend yourself even when I'm not there. So practice these forms always. Mm-hmm. Or at least more than I do. <laughs> Which is such an Anakin thing to say. It's so Anakin. I thought it was so funny. And I did notice he had one line. I think it was right before it ended. But he said specifically, I know you can do this, Ahsoka. And like, she was really, I think she was listening to the recording for that. Like, to get that comfort which, and, like, support. Right. Which, I, you know, it, it, it just feels very, like, 
uh, I don't know. It, like, it, like, it, it brought back memories from uh, Tales of the Jedi when, like, he was being very aggressive with her with, like, yep. training with the with the clones. And um, and he's like, you know, I know you can do this. And it's like, you know, you just see – and you can see, like – and even Hu Yang commented. He's like, I had no idea that Anakin, like, had so much care. And Ahsoka knew Anakin more intimately than pretty much anyone outside of Obi-Wan. And mm-hmm. those who knew him best really, like – Ahsoka even said this, I believe, at one point – would be surprised of, like – how caring he was and the fact that he spent the time like i'm just picturing anakin in his chambers in the jedi temple making 20 recordings for ahsoka to make sure she was taken care of in case something happened to him he's like i need to make sure ahsoka's okay like that is my number one priority Mm -hmm. and just to to see that and then to think about like how far he fell and actually Mm -hmm. fighting and wanting to kill ahsoka to then you know we got three episodes ago with him whether it's through the force or whatever coming back to, like, help train her again. Like, it just... He lost his way, but he found his way back in, like, the best way possible. Yeah. Sorry, and I, I like watching about Annie. <laughs> As you should. He's our king. And Matthew's not here to tell us otherwise. I know. It makes me so happy. No. No more Matthew slander. It's fine. We understand. It's just a Hayden thing, not an Anakin thing. Um, But, yes. As you were talking about that, I just got to thinking, you know, Hu Yang said about, oh, I didn't realize he was so caring. And it's like, let's just remember, Anakin was 19 when he made these. Like, he's just a kid. And he doesn't know how to be a teacher. He doesn't know how to be a mentor. And so, like, he's kind of getting creative and just doing everything he possibly can because she's such a responsibility. And like you were saying, he wants to make sure, number one, that she's okay. And so I think, yeah, it was a really nice moment of showing the depth of Anakin to people who maybe have only seen the prequels and didn't see it there or didn't, you know, approve of the way it was shown and people who haven't seen the Clone Wars because you wouldn't really understand him to that degree. So I think that was a really good way of showing that. I fully agree. Yeah, and I think that... What's really cool, I think, in this, in in these, you know, just to, to touch on him just a little bit more, I know he was a very small fraction of the episode, but just... Between this and what we saw in the in uh, two weeks ago with with Anakin, mm-hmm. I thought that it was really cool that like they really, a lot of people have had the um, not the complaint but like a, a small issue that like Clone Wars Anakin and live action Anakin are very distinctive personalities. Like you have very whiny, complainy Anakin in the live action. You have very confident, like cool and suave Anakin in the Clone Wars. And to me, like this is kind of bridging that gap like you're seeing Anakin still being kind of awkward in that recording and kind of mm-hmm. kind of cute but still very confident you start to see both sides of him in this and it, to me it really bridges those two sides of him together yeah that's a great point for sure because he is that like confident as you're saying Clone Wars but like the awkward little things and like calling himself out for not being that great at practicing his yep. saber forms like very live action, Annie. We love to see it. I also... <laughs> the next thing I wrote down as the Pergil were coming into... Um, <clears throat> what's that place called? Peridia? Yeah. Yep. I wrote, can we stop abusing whales in popular media? It makes me sad. This is just a throwback to when Avatar The Way of Water came out. And my... Did you see that movie? Yeah. And my heart and soul were ripped out and torn to shreds because of all the whale abuse to the Talokan. Ugh. Yep. Maybe I was that like... That movie... That movie was good. Really good. Pretty heavy. Sad. But yeah. really, really good. 
<clears throat> Anyways, back to Star Wars, but I was just like, come on. I was so glad when the Perga like jumped to space. Hu Yang was saying, <laughs> this is funny. He goes, at least the space whales are giving us some cover. And then they immediately jump into hyperspace. Yeah, they're like, bye. And Soka's like, you just had to say something, didn't you? <laughs> He's I like how she like teased him. And he was like, he was like, we don't even know if we're bringing us to the right place, the right system, the right planet. And she's like, why didn't you say anything? And he was like, bro, are you kidding me? I didn't say something. <laughs> and she's just laughing at him. He like, she feels so much lighter these last two episodes. Like, this yeah. is the Ahsoka we've been waiting for. Yeah. No, it's great. It's great. And especially, like, when she goes, we're going to fly into the debris field. And he's like, no, we're not going to do that. It just felt very Anakin and, like, his reckless flying and how she just kind of inherited that from him. She's like, okay, we're doing it. Just go. Um, yeah. Balin and Shin. Yeah. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, hold go on, ahead, hold go on. ahead. Before, before we get to Balin and Shin, I just want to, I just want to say that uh, I, 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 <laughs> I am impressed that Thrawn got an entire minefield out around the planet as yeah. quickly as he did. Like, that man was, like, ready to roll, which yeah. just felt very, very thrown to me. And I also, like, as we're moving away from the topic of, of Anakin, I just want to say that when Thrawn found out he, that Ahsoka was Anakin's uh, Padawan, his reaction, like, you could see in his eyes, he was like, oh, man. he It was almost like a sign of, like, excitement because he knew a lot, but also a little bit of fear because he did have a, a healthy bit of fear because of how dangerous Anakin could be, being one of the few people who mm-hmm. knew and saw him in battle as both Anakin and Vader. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he did have a good line about that when he said to Morgan something about if she's anything like her master, she's going to be very unpredictable and extremely dangerous. Extremely dangerous. I was like, whew. Which is like, Yes, she is. But then it's like, no, I don't want you to know that, though. <laughs> but, like, of course he knows it. He's Thrawn. <laughs> right. No, exactly. Exactly. Oh, man. Okay. 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 Now we can talk about Balin and Shin because that is actually a really wild little turn we took there, I think. Yeah. It makes so much sense, though. It makes so much sense for what, like, we've been seeing and talking about this whole time. Like, ever since one of the first episodes, I've kind of referred to Shin as almost a lapdog. Like, Balin has this greater calling and shin's kind of like yeah sure send me somewhere and i'm i'm gonna fight like i just Mm want to fight Mm -hmm. and i want power and i want to fight she has this classic sith drive correct yeah like the ambition and kind of just like the wild unfiltered rage yep which currently is not serving her well but if she is able maybe by the movie she'll control her emotions and rage a little better yo shin with force lightning would be really cool Dude, I was kind of hoping she was going to pull that out. I won't lie. Um, I don't know. I think that, like, it was really interesting. So, like, they, they reached – it's almost like Balin was in a little bit of a daze almost. He was like, you have this goal and your ambition has a single path. And he's basically like – it's almost like a – he's not mad at her, but it sounds like he's just like – like, you know, I tried training you yeah. and like, he's like, it seems like the cycle continues. Like he's arguing that, you know, all Sith just have this one singular focus. Mm-hmm. They will, they, they want to do power grab. They want to control. They want to be part of this, this empire. And he's like, in his opinion, it always fails. It's always the same story. You might gain power for a short time. You might enjoy power for a little bit. You will be killed. You will be usurped. 
you will lose. And she still is seeking something greater, it appears. Um, and so I'm curious to like still what he is searching for because like he he you know when Soka shows up he says you can't interfere and so was he yeah. protecting Shin in that moment or was like he afraid that her presence would interfere with his own mission and if so we still don't know what his mission is which is like crazy to me and like I'm sure that Aaron took a note of this somewhere I'm just guessing what was his final lesson to her did he did you write that down <sighs> I didn't write down the exact thing, but it was something like, if you rush to victory, like, you'll always experience defeat or yes, something that's what like it, that. Yes, that's pretty much exactly the line, yes. It's like, if you, if, you, if you rush to victory, you will always experience defeat. And, like, basically warning her, like, don't, don't rush this, which she ended up doing anyway, and losing. Oh, here it is. Impatience for victory guarantees defeat. It's so true. Which is, which is exactly what happened to her she ran in with those raiders and ran in with the night troopers and she was way too quick to like go after that victory and she was immediately outnumbered and abandoned by thrawn it's kind of kind of sick to see like the 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 combat between her and uh ezra and sabine like yeah even just like i don't know what it is okay so there are like a few sounds in the star wars universe that like really just make me real happy like okay you know the classic seismic charges from episode two you know yes. there's pretty good ones but the most the, the more recent <laughs> development is like a force user using the force to slow a lightsaber blade and that hum it makes mm-hmm. and i'm like oh ezra bridger just like mm-hmm. he's like you can't even you can't even touch me girl like what i don't know what you think you're doing here yeah and sabine with the you know the using her best car and using the light like clearly that Clearly, some of her training was coming out more because she did fare much better this time with the help of Ezra um, yeah, yeah. than the first time. I mean, I also thought it was hilarious that Ezra was like – he was like, Ahsoka training you? Why? Like, it was just very Ezra <laughs> to say so and then like roast to being a little bit but then help her in the fight. It, it, yep. I really appreciated that. Yeah. It wasn't even like a, oh, interesting or like, huh, it, why? <laughs> He's like, oh, I mean, congratulations. <laughs> that was funny. It was funny to see Ezra and Sabine together like that again. But yeah, it's just same old where Sabine's clearly hiding so much and Ezra's like trying to be gentle about it. But I'm like, Ezra, you need to take the kid gloves off. Because mm-hmm. this situation is so much more serious than you realize. Yeah. Ugh. So I wish he would just shake her. But Ahsoka's about to drop some truth bombs on him. Yeah, that's what, I'm a little worried about how he's going to take it. Like, yeah. is he going to be mad at Sabine? Is he going to be understanding? Like, I feel like he'll be understanding. But Ezra is also known to have a little bit of a temper sometimes. It could be a little... He does, yeah. Little, and he little. doesn't, at least in the past, has never struck me as the type to forgive easy. No, he's not. I, I do think that, like... That also, that applies mostly, though, to, like, enemy enemies. Like, right, right. people who are say, his friends and his family are different. I feel like after Kanan died, he definitely had a, a change in him, and he found, like, some level of peace to to be more forgiving and open. But, like, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to be frustrated that Sabine risked everything to undo everything he did, basically. Like, like she's, he's yeah. like, bro, I did all this to win the war, and we won the war, and now you're going to start another one? Like, you should just left me here with the snail people. No, yeah. I think he's going to be pretty pissed. So that will be interesting. What do you think Bane was doing? 
I don't know. And I am so terrified that we're never going to know. Because because the actor died? Yeah, because the actor passed away. I My best guess is that, like, it's supposed to go, Shin goes with Thrawn, and then Balin would stay here in this galaxy and, like, do something crazy that's going to come through midway through the movie or something like that. But Do you think they're going to recast? I hope not. I really don't want them to. I don't to want them to recast honest. either, but there has to be, like... I mean, if they had this whole story built out, I hope they have some revelation. Otherwise, his whole, like, character development yeah. was I mean, not. Filoni and just, like, the producers and writers over at Lucasfilm are never going to just take an end like that and just not let it be tied off. Okay, right, Filoni right. would never. The rest of Lucasfilm, I mean, you could just never well, see him on screen. Like, you could, like, see what... Like you said, maybe, maybe like, something comes out of what he's doing and you just never see him again because he's stuck on the planet. But, like, yeah. the fruits of his labor are shown on screen. I don't know. But I yeah, just... Yeah, he, like... He's seeking something. And my, really my friend, who uh, who's probably the only person I think is as much of a Star Wars fan as, as, as we are, um, he, put, he, he sent me a few things uh, that, were pointed, that he found in the previous episode that might lead a little information towards what Balin might be doing. Um, one of the things is on his wrist is an Auerbesh, uh, code that has a list of names that are Luke, Leia, Han, Chewie, R2, 3PO, and Ben. So he has, what? and Ben is in the future. Like, I, I, I'm just curious how he would know this information unless he's referring to Ben Solo or sorry, uh, Ben Kenobi. But so mm-hmm. he, he must respect them in some level to have them on his wrist the other thing he pointed out was that someone decoded the uh, the writing. Um, so in that in that moment in last episode where Thrawn is kind of standing over the top of the temple on that little wedge, there's like a wide shot that's shown as Balin and uh, Shin are leaving. And the words over top basically say, praise Kajet, ruler of all, may his reign last. Um, and according to some sleuthing online... Um, you know, Kajet is potentially one of the first beings to ever fall to the dark side. <gasps> T. Um, and so it's possible, and, um, you know, according again, according to some people, his body, this guy, this guy's in some of the books, but you know, his body is on Dathomir, et cetera. But some people theorize that like there's this great force user essentially that like Balin is seeking out. Um, to possibly like try and break the barriers, try and break the uh, the 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 wheel somehow. Um, I don't know, but like there's just a lot of like old mystical references being made here, and Bane seems to be the intersection of all of these things. But he's also been extremely passive in everything mm-hmm. except for fighting Ahsoka. He's very right. direct with that, but he's been passive in everything else. I don't know. Something I just thought of. Do you think he could be looking for the father at Mortis? But the father's dead. Ah. They're all dead. Well, but uh, I feel like his spirit is Jay Chillen. I want his I mean, spirit to be Jay Chillen. I, w- I won't lie. Um, I mean, there was, you know, it's funny you bring that up because there was a... Uh, trying to think of how worth this in a non-crazy sounding way uh there was a theory essentially where like anakin um anakin's presence in the force 
was actually like that he had taken on that role of the father after all this time and like that he was now mm-hmm. one of the anchorites that has like, you know, taken space there. And maybe maybe Balin is searching for a connection to Anakin or a connection to those anchorites and, and you know, that connection to the force. I, I don't know. It's possible. Um, we have seen Filoni do much deeper cuts than I was expecting in the show. So a Mortis cut wouldn't surprise me. Um, but I just don't know if, what else he could be seeking because, like, you know, the three Mortis gods are like the beginning, the middle, and the end. They're, you know, they're everything. They're the beginning. And uh, I feel like that could be the only possible angle I could see to break the cycle that he sees existing. Like, I don't know what else his play would be. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is, uh, I want to say, season six of the Clone Wars. Yeah, in season six of the Clone Wars, Yoda goes on that journey and meets those kind of like sprites or like the fates almost. Yep, yep. The ones that show him how to become one with the Force and. Yeah. Keep his consciousness after death. Balin could be searching for something similar to that. He for sure could. Like finding a way to Because they like... were very neutral within the Force, you know? Yes. Yes. They, bo- they had ups and downs going both ways, but overall they were pretty neutral beings. And they didn't actually say you have to... They actually, inc- like, you know, and one of Yoda's trials in that instance was, like, not to actually defeat his dark side or deny it. It was to accept that it is part of him. Mm-hmm. And control it. And so, like, finding balance was their big thing. And so I could see, like, him seeking out a being to help him, you know, find that, you know, existence after death or find a power where he can transcend the follies of the Jedi and the Sith. Yeah. I don't know. But there's no way it's just for him, you know? Like, he has to be playing at something bigger. I'm just so confused. I'm like, yeah, Filoni, I'm very confused please. about Balin's goals as well. I have, I really don't know where he's going. Shin, it's very know. clear that she has that one goal. Yeah, but it's also interesting that like Thrawn immediately picks up on the fact that Balin's gone, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Where is you know Lord Balin? Like, what's he doing?" Yeah, like he said, uh, we're down a mercenary. Um, so Thrawn clearly didn't really trust Balin from the get go. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think Thrawn sees him as a threat necessarily. He is a factor yeah, that Thrawn's so. not letting go, but I think he doesn't see him as a threat yet. Yeah, I think it's more of like a loose thread than like a threat threat at the moment. Yes, yes. As the, as the great mothers would put it, a loose thread. Exactly, exactly. What do we think of the great mothers and their role in this? I mean, I think that they're going to take a ride with Thrawn back to the New Galaxy and go to Dathomir and mm-hmm. scrounge up whatever other zombies they can um, and also restart the Order of the Night Sisters there. Um, I would not be surprised if there are ticket to getting Cal Kestis into live action um, because, you know, she could be traveling um, – you're gonna. She, Aaron's gonna kill me again. Keep forgetting her name. Tell me her name again. His Ooh. his his love, his night sister. Oh, Marin. Marin. Um, it's basically my name. Yeah. Good point, Aaron. Marin. Yeah. Good point. Um, maybe I'll forget your name next week. Um, Perfect. But no, he could be traveling with Marin, and then Marin could like sense that night sisters are back, or like go to Dathomir, and Cal could be with her, and like this could be how we get Cal pulled in naturally into the story. Um. I don't know. It feels like the Night Sisters are playing some role under the surface here. Obviously, part of it clearly is that like they need to build an army. Now, what's confusing to me is why do they? The Night Sisters have never served anybody. Why do they feel the need to serve Grand Admiral Thrawn? They're like the fates demand it. We have to serve you. Like, are they just doing this because they want to get back to the other galaxy and then they're gonna just 
break off from him and they're going to do their own yeah. thing? Are they going to honor their deal with him? Like, I don't know. I feel like Thrawn is not one to trust so easily. Um, but he does <laughs> desperately want to get home. Yeah. I mean, he's also been on this planet with these witches for like 10-ish years, right? Yeah. Something like that. So, like, even if he's not easy to trust, maybe, like, they've worked out some sort of understanding by now, you know? I would hope so. I mean, like, maybe it's, like, you let me use your army to, like, take over the galaxy and I will like, give you more power or something. I don't know. But I... Yeah. I can see Thrawn working out some kind of... You know, Thrawn's always three steps ahead, except when Ezra Bridger mm-hmm. pulls up with some Pergil. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, very true, very true. Uh, yeah, I... I don't know what to think about the Great Mothers. It's funny because after the last episode we saw, you know, where they all showed up for the first time, it was like, whoa. Um, my dad was out of town, but he watched it and we were talking about it. And he was like, I just don't see how, like, those witches could have known Ahsoka was coming. Like, that just seems, it seems like they're just too powerful. And well, I looked are, at him and I was like, powerful. I was like, I don't know how to say this, but they just are that powerful. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to, like spoil anything or give you any ideas but i'm gonna tell you right now they're able to do it and they did it <laughs> yeah i think that um we see that in the clone Wars. the witches are like i mean mother Towson almost kills dooku with her magic yeah. um you know able to raise an army of the dead able to like you know i, I mean they have un- like the necessities have unbelievable powers and i think mm-hmm. that them being able to like sense ahsoka sense another force user um, especially like, you know, a lot of beings in the universe call, you know, the force is just one term for this, this energy that exists in the universe. And the night sisters tap into their own form of that along with dark magic. And so like, it's not surprising that they could sense, you know, in a, in an otherwise void galaxy, a very powerful Jedi force user entering the area. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. I'm very... I just want to know what they're going to do. I want to see more Night Sisters is what I want, okay? Like, the mothers are great, but can I get some, like, Night Sisters with their, like, pink bow and arrows? I mean, you might see some very creepy zombies next episode, depending how this all goes. I mean, I, I don't I don't know really what we're going to actually see or not. I don't know if they're going to reveal to us what's in there. Um, I also really liked, I want to point out real quick, this is from earlier, that uh, we had a reference to what's going on in Mandalore and Gideon, and it's just yes. beginning to connect the pieces. It's- it's slowly pulling the timeline into view for us. Yep, yep. Because, like, Mandalore just recently happened. Clearly no one thinks Gideon's a threat still. The Shadow Council, um, you know, that has existed. Oh, man. I don't know. Like, I mean, we saw in a... Uh, was it... Was it... What was it? It was Andrew There was a Shadow Council. Was it... Which... which God, I'm blanking right now. What are you talking about? Was it Mandalorian season three? Was it Andor? Where did we see that Shadow Council where they were waiting for Thrawn? I have no recollection of a Shadow Council. Oh, man. Like, oh. I believe you, but I'm confused. Imperial Shadow Council. It was... Uh, well, I, let's see here. Uh, we see it... Well, basically, Gideon shows up with his Shadow Council, um, you know, remnants. I think it was Mando season three. Um, yeah, it's uh, chapter 23. There you go. 
So the sh- so like you know they're talking about the awaiting Thrawn, a shadow council, like a full on imperial shadow council warlords exists. The New Republic has no idea this is happening. I remember this now. And, they okay. do, and like, just to, like the fact that like, you know, they even are denying you know with Mandalore, Gideon's working alone. You know, he's not anything. Like they are underestimating the threat again. I don't understand how they're making the same mistake again. I mean, Balin <laughs> is so right. Like, it's the same cycle. They underestimate mm-hmm. the the uh, the Empire, the Imperials. And they're going to end up losing again. And, like, I mean, like, it's just this constant struggle for power um, because they, they just don't seem to believe, like, Hera, a war hero, immediately, like, no, screw you. You're just wrong. Like, just, you know. Ugh. Yeah, like, they're so um, kind of, like, enamored with the idea of this peace that they have that they're not willing to see anything that could shatter it. This peace and newfound power for those that were in the rebellion. Yes. Yep. Power corrupts very quickly. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I'm reading the Wikipedia page, and it was talking about how the Shadow Council essentially, like, secretly coordinated their individual efforts to subvert the New Republic while maintaining an illusion of organized remnant warlords to conceal their true strength. Um, and they all have been waiting, I mean, for Thrawn's return. So I think that, like, Thrawn returning will link the Shadow Council, Gideon, it'll link the Mandalorians back up, which Mando will lead us to Boba, and will lead us possibly, you know, with Grogu, could lead us to Luke, and again, Cal Kestis and Marin can come in any different way, whether it's, you know, through Marin and the Night Sisters, through Cal, like, like it's Thrawn is the centerpiece here. It's going to draw all of these forces out into what I can only imagine to be the greatest experience I'm ever going to have in a cinema in my lifetime. Yeah. But <laughs> absolutely. It's the Avengers for Star Wars fans. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. It. No, it'll be so. Do you know when that movie's coming out? Oh, no, I don't think I don't think even they know yet. I would yeah, guess I probably so. in, within the next five years or so. But I mean, you still. You need Thrawn to arrive. You need to... I think you need another season of Mandalorian. Um, maybe another season of Book of Boba Fett. Just kind of like start bringing all of these pieces together. Um, yeah. But it's going to be... Oh, man. It's going to be so good, though. Um, okay. Let's talk a little bit about... Um, what do you think Shin is feeling after all this? She looks real scared, real lost. She ran away. What, what's, what's her next play here? Personally, I think – I don't think she is independent enough to simply go off and figure something out herself. I think she's going to run back to Thrawn, even though he just abandoned her. That's still her way to power. So I and think she's going to go back. Just become his agent? Yeah, become his lapdog. She just wants to fight people and gain power. And Thrawn would gladly use her as a tool. He would um, love that. He loves to play with force users. He really does love to play with force users. He even and he also like what I really like about Thrawn is he does admire like their strength. Like he even yeah. was like you know you're a fool to underestimate a Jedi. Um, he even made a reference in this episode. You know he's watching this, this the strategy and tactics of Ahsoka. And he's like, it's amazing. It's almost like the Jedi of old. And he was mm-hmm. like, you know, we lost, but acceptable margins, basically. Like, you know, like this is we've learned a lot. Um, and I love the line when he said, uh, you know, 
honestly, one could even call this first engagement with Tano a success. Like, it is just, he's like, we're going to have more engagements. And it's very mm-hmm. much how he played in Rebels. He's like, early on, he's like, let the Rebels have their meager prize. Let them escape. Yeah. Let them win. He's like, it's okay. Let them have these little wins and little victories. And I'm going to gain knowledge and understand so then when the time comes, I can crush them. Yeah. With prejudice. And again, if it wasn't for Ezra's space whales, he would have won. Yeah. Look at that. Ezra Bridger just outsmarting with his yeah. outside-of-the-box animals. No one, not entire races, not the Emperor, no one can outsmart Grand Admiral Thrawn. But a little Jedi from Lothal, <laughs> little, little, little teenager, outsmarted Thrawn with some whales. Iconic. That's why he is the king. That's why he is the king. That's why he's the king. And that's why, like, I, as much as I wanted to see him grab that lightsaber, like, I wanted him to just go and just kick ass, you know? Just, like, whip it around, like, slice some people up. But it does make a lot of sense for his character arc that he's like, no, like, I'm good. Like, But he I hasn't had a weapon or trained with a lightsaber in a decade. I mean... Yeah, exactly. Dude, I think like, he's a little much... afraid of it. You're right, though. He's very, like, I mean, he gave up that lightsaber. And he dealt with, you know, the Emperor coming after him. He dealt with Thrawn, with, um, you know, all these Imperial forces on the Chimera without his lightsaber. And he's very much like... I don't know. I feel like I ha- we haven't seen him actually have to use his lightsaber. Honestly, like, Kanan dies. And he doesn't really use his lightsaber much at all. I mean, like, he uses the Lothwolves to fight Governor Price. He's using He uses the Force way more. It's like he's, like, transcended the yeah. need to fight with that lightsaber. And yeah. I still want to see him fight with it. But, like, it does feel very much like he is le- learning from Kanan and how to, like, you know let go of of that of that need and just trust in the force because the force is his mm-hmm. ally yeah absolutely absolutely and it makes sense after like all that time in exile that he one wouldn't want to use a dangerous weapon he hasn't had a practice with and two would just be so confident because what's he been doing talking to snails and communing with the force for 10 years probably and, and it's funny you think about um in one of the last things Kanan said to ezra was that you know People don't ever seem to notice, like, the little things around them, you know, but you do. And, you know, keep doing that because it will serve you well in life. And he noticed these little snail people that no one else would notice. Sabine didn't notice them. And he, he found them and befriended mm-hmm. them. And, you know, learning from them and being able to be with them served him well. I mean, that, that those those shells, those big things they had, served, gave him cover from raiders when they were all being attacked and helped keep that fight more even-handed. Um and everyone just underestimates all these little, little critters, but Ezra just Ezra really pays attention to the little guy, and it's just cool to see Caden's teachings still shining through with him all these years later. Yeah, I miss you, Caleb. <laughs> miss Caleb Doom. <laughs> miss our king. Oh my God, the opening episode of Bad Batch tears my heart out Stop. every time I watch Stop. it. Stop. I don't, I don't, I don't. It's I so don't, bad. I don't want to think of little baby Kanan. I don't want to think of little baby Kanan and, and so his pain. Okay, let's see. Is there anything we missed about this episode? Kanan, Ahsoka and Ezra Balin. reuniting. Did you feel little heartstrings oh, pull there? It was, yeah, it was really sweet. It was really sweet. Because like, I don't know. Something about it was different. You know, it's like they're both strong in the force. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that, even though 
we could argue he's much closer with Sabine, they have a different type of connection. Because he's never had a Force connection with Sabine, because she's never had a connection to the Force in any way until recently. It was so, cool yeah. to see her hero soak through the Force. Like, you can tell, like, she's gained a little bit of, of Force power. Yes. And, um, I think that it was also cool, I think, to see... Uh, to see Ahsoka, um, I don't know. Like she, she had way more confidence. If she faced Balin the second, the first time, she only had one lightsaber out. Yep. The second time, she didn't underestimate him. She put out the second lightsaber. She knew that she couldn't beat him necessarily in in one to one combat, but she had a plan. But then when she showed up to fight Shin, she didn't pull out a lightsaber at all. She was just like, "Girl, get out of here. You are Literally. not. You are not on my level." It was so cool. She just dodged it and pushed her around. She's like, I'm not and dealing with this. And she was like, and now you've been abandoned. But like, she didn't, she was like, but I'll help you. Come join us. Like, hey, come, yeah. come, I will help you. And she didn't look like she considered for a brief moment, but then just ran away. <laughs> Dipped. I don't know. To me, I personally did not think she considered it in any way, shape, or form. I think on her face was a lot of like hurt and fear because like, even though when Balin, when her, and confusion, yeah, when her and Balin kind of parted, she had a bit of a smile because she was excited about the idea of, you know, claiming her spot in this new empire. But I think once the night troopers pull out, she's like, wow, okay, so my master kind of like cut me off because I wasn't on the same page as him. And now this empire I was supposed to immediately take a place in abandoned me also, like. Abandoned twice I, in like a 10 minute span is real 10 tough. 10 minute span, real tough, Yeah. And so, yeah, I think, I mean, maybe, maybe she considers it, but, like, I kind of saw it as her mind just, like, searching through all of her L's and being like, am I able to pull off a W in this moment? And she said, absolutely not. So she ran away. Yeah, I mean, I just felt like she, like, briefly thought, like, you know, what are my options? Run away, join them, try and fight. Mm-hmm. And, like, she did look scared and lost. And, like, for a minute there, I, like, felt a little, I felt kind of bad for her. It's like, oh, here's, this, lo- here's yeah. this, you know, she was trained by Balin, you know, she's clearly, like, very curious, she really, like, really admires him a lot, mm-hmm. and Balin's like, you gotta go, and, so, like, she respects his decision to part ways. I think she's um, a little excited about it, too. She did, she looked a little excited to, like, go after power, but she also, I think there was a, there was a little bit of, like, bittersweetness there, she, um, losing mm-hmm. Balin, like, at first she was like, you're not coming? Like, what the hell? Yeah, she was um, like, "What do you mean? I go destroy them?" Yeah, but then, but then he was like, "You know, we're, we're, we have separate paths." And she was like, "All right, you know, I respect that. I understand that." Um, no resentment towards her master didn't seem like, but still, I think a bit of hurt. And so, yeah. I think the concept of like maybe having a force sensitive master might have crossed her mind in this moment. I don't know. I don't know. But in the end, she chose to run away. Maybe mm-hmm. back to Thrawn. Maybe to be her, his lapdog. Maybe back to Balin. I. Yeah. I don't know. She's running back. I, I I can't see her being solo at the moment. She's been reliant on everyone for too long. Um, yeah. Maybe she tries to go solo, but there's no way for her to get off the planet without either going with Ahsoka or going with Thrawn. Yeah. And also, it's not like Ahsoka's just going to wait around for some Pergo to show up, right? Either Ezra has to call them to them somehow yeah. or they have to sneak aboard Thrawn's ship. My prediction is Ezra calls the Pergil, personally, just because... I mean, that'd be really hard. I think it would be really hard to pull off a, like, heist-style sneak aboard the Chimera in the next 40-minute episode. I think it'd be easier to do kind of what they did. Usually they're, like, an hour. 
okay, you're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> please, please be an hour. Please. please. Um, but yeah, Shen, Shen, Shen. What is she going to do? What is yeah, she going to become? At this point, we know nothing. It's actually incredible. We're through seven episodes and we know nothing. Like, what is Thrawn's plan? Does the New Republican actually believe Hera and have any preparations? Probably not, but we don't know. What's going on? Like Ezra, Ahsoka, and Sabine. How are they getting off the planet? What's their plan? Do they know what do they know the, the severity of what's gonna happen? Where's where's uh where's Shin going? Where's Balin going? Are we all parted ways? Do we have all these diverging paths? Like, who knows? What's Mando and Grogu doing? Are they just hanging out being little little son and dad in their little new home on Navarro? Are what's is Bo is Boba just hanging out in, in uh Jabba's palace still? Like Oh, for what? sure. Is Luke running around with Lando looking for remnants of the Sith? Like, wait, 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 where are all these people? What is happening right now? How are they all converging? We know nothing. The entire show has ended. We've loved every episode, but we know nothing, which actually I think is part of the masterclass of it all. Yeah. Yeah. The way you can introduce so many uh, loose ends that are going to be tied, but like for now, open ends and still have it be a good show. Very impressive. Very impressive. I agree. I will say this last episode just made me so excited to cosplay Shin. I went out and bought, um, I thrifted some stuff for her undershirt today, and now I need to learn how to sew, which will suck. You also need to grow the hair out to a little bit of a bob. Nor I will be buying a wig. (laughs) You went, no (laughs) ma'am. No, no, I like my little buzz cut right now. I'm living my best Eminem life, you know. Oh my god, you do look like Eminem. I look like Eminem. Wow. That's actually incredible. Um, are you going to do Shin for Twin Cities Con? Oh, no, no, no. That is way too soon. That's in like a month. Okay, so Ahsoka. So, it's, yeah, it's going to be Ahsoka and then my Twi'lek OC. No. Um, but, yeah. Shin, hopefully for Dragon Con next year is my goal, which nice, is nice, nice, end nice, of, nice. start of September. I'll be, I'll be Anakin the day you're Ahsoka. And I'll be Obi-Wan the day you're the Twi'lek and we can pretend like we're in the Clone Wars. Yes, yes. <laughs> Okay, any any last thoughts on the episode? Or Hey, why don't we do a little predictions moment? Do you have any predictions or hopes for the finale? Aaron loves I've to got spring so questions wide. on me. Aaron really loves bringing questions on me. Do you want um, me to go first? Okay. Prediction? I also think Ezra's going to be the one to call some Pergo. But no, actually... No, yeah, I think that makes sense. Because honestly, why would, he, why would he not do it earlier? But he didn't have a ship to, to go in. That makes sense, I guess. Yeah, can't really um, just raw I guess he could just kind of get Jonah style inside his mouth. But uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I think Ezra calls the Pergil. That's probably how they escape. Um, I think Thrawn successfully gets all the Night Sisters on board. I think Shin's going to go with Thrawn. They're going to go back to the main galaxy. Um with the Night Sisters as well, with the Great Mothers. Balin, I think, is going to discover the tomb of some being on this planet. Mm-hmm. And he's going to go down there in search of something. And we're not going to, like, I don't think we're going to get closure on Balin, unfortunately. Me neither. I think we're going to, he's going to discover something, like some tomb or some something. He's going to die, he's going to, like, delve into that area. And then we're going to, like, oh, God, what is this other force happening here yeah i think all It'll our be heroes like a new end threat up, introduced or something like that i think a threat gets introduced um i think that we end up back we like we, we end up back in the new galaxy and maybe one of the final you know things we see is like thrawn overlooking 
you know, either Coruscant or one of the one of the core worlds and is like, you know, like I'm back, or he steps into the Shadow Council. But he's gonna like make his presence known, very, I think, very distinctly in this episode, uh, whether it's to the Republic or the Shadow Council. Um, and the final prediction I have is I think we'll get to see an Ezra and Hera reunion, which will make me cry. <gasps> and he'll meet Jason, and he will cry. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> Things I didn't think about and well, know that make I needed. Cry. For sure, for sure. So you think absolutely for sure they will return to our known galaxy I think in the so, next I don't episode? think that, like, unless there is a very distinct plan of an Ahsoka season two before the movie, which is very possible, mm-hmm. I can't foresee them jumping into a movie or, like, Mando season three or, these other, or four, rather, four now, all the other things without, like, getting them back to our galaxy. I think we have to get back to the starting point, at least. I don't think anything significant is going to happen back in our galaxy. Like, I think, again, like... Mm-hmm. Ezra will meet Hera and Jason. Um, you know, they'll they'll debrief and reveal that like the threat is real. They're back. Um, so the Republic will be alerted to that. Thrawn will meet with the Shadow Council. Um, I think. Here's my out of left field prediction. Okay. Thrawn's gonna f- come to that Shadow Council. He's gonna be like, I'm. You know, I'm here. I'm here. Can we curse on this podcast? This is PG. Uh, bleep it. Just bleep it. I'm sorry. Okay. I was going to say I'm back, bitches, but... Um, I'm back, bleeps. Yeah, I'm back, bleeps. <laughs> um, but Thrawn's going to show up to the Shadow Council. He's going to, like, make... Everyone's going to be like, oh, thank God you're back. And, like, they're going to start organizing and consolidating their efforts. And I think the out-of-left-field prediction is that Gideon survived on Mandalore, and he will be present there, and we will find out that he has lived. Um, and Gideon... I think it's the wild card in all this because I think he wants the reins of the Shadow Council so badly that he's going to challenge Thrawn and Thrawn's either going to crush Gideon or he's going to throw a wrench in Thrawn's plans and he's going to be part of the reason that Thrawn fails in the end. Interesting. That's my long haul take. I like it. I like it. I would not have thought of Gideon coming back. It does seem plausible because, you know, Boba Fett survived the Rancor's stomach with his best guard. What? So. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> the Rancor stomach? I don't want to talk about this anymore. Um, are you referring to the Sarlacc? Sarlacc pit? Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> okay. Matthew, God. please keep this in. I need Aaron to be exposed. Yeah, I'm a fake fan, don't you know? After all this time, it comes out. <laughs> Anyways, so my predictions are hopes. I'm going to counter you, actually. I kind of want the series to close with the Chimera jumping into hyperspace. Okay. Or with the Chimera arriving out of hyperspace and we just see it over, like, the planet Dathomir or something like, like that. Like Thrawn just overlooking from the bridge with the Night Sisters or something? Not even. Just like... You want to see just a ship floating above I Dathomir? I want to see Because you know how they they have done that? in the start of several Star Wars movies, as well as the start of this show, was just a shot of a ship in space. Several Star Wars movies. Every single Star Wars film opens with a ship, a, okay. sh- a shot of a ship over a planet. I can't say anything without you correcting me. I'm so sorry. I feel like I don't want you on this podcast anymore. I'm so sorry. I I'm usually sorry. sound smart. I was, atta- I was attacking Aaron too much. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're so fine. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I kind of want it to be really mysterious. It's fair. I don't know if I want the New Republic to find out about him before the movie. 
or before whatever comes next, whether it's a new season of Mandalorian, <sighs> Book of Boba Fett, you know, whatever. Well, maybe you could just be like, we end. I really, want, I really, I need a payoff of Hera and Ezra and Jason seeing each other. Yes. I feel like I'm really sad if I don't see that. So like maybe like they just say we have a lot to talk about, or like you know, or somehow Thrawn returned. <laughs> Um, with no further information given in the moment, <laughs> just leave us on a leave the New Republican hair on a cliffhanger. Like there's a moment of joy, but then they're like, we have to talk, and then you just maybe it's just like we have to talk. Then we cut to the Chimera over Dathomir, um, yeah. and Thrawn just overlooking the planet and saying something like, "Now then, let's begin." <sighs> and the crowd goes wild. If that is the final line of the movie, I I deserve to you, be given money by everyone who listens to this podcast. Yeah, right. I, you get rights from for get, the movie. I actually get a, a role in the next movie. I <laughs> <laughs> producing producer rights. Yeah, that's producer correct. Credits. <laughs> correct. Okay. Okay. Well, I think that was kind of all well i'm closing it off i'm saying that it's all for this episode because we're we've gone kind of long and we still have to get into our members section but to close things off here alex go ahead first where can we find you what are you up to oh well as you've heard the last couple of episodes i'm a photographer i live in minnesota so you can find me uh at alex corman 12 that's k-o-r-m-a-n-n on instagram um you can also find me on my website alexcormanphoto.com uh yeah Aaron yeah. where can they find you me I'm Lady Tano Creates on Instagram and TikTok uh, I post the things that I'm working on and I also post super cool pictures by photographers who are super cool and definitely not looking at me right now who make me look really cool <laughs> um, <laughs> as far as the show you can find everything at theethicalpanda.com Matthew is at the Ethical Panda Podcasts on Instagram. And yeah, please send in your feedback. I don't think this will air, so when it does finally air after the strike, send in your feedback about whatever we're talking about. The at writer's that point. strike is over. That's step one. Oh, it's over? The writer's strike ended two days ago. Okay, well, I'm sorry. I'm Damn. not very Aaron, I'm so- I've Aaron, been I love busy. you, but you're taking you're taking a lot of L's today. Okay, just call me Shin. Anyways, um, Thank you for listening to this episode of Alex roasting Aaron for about an hour and a half. I have spoken. I guess we have spoken, but. No, it's just, that's it. That's it. just, you've spoken. <laughs> Matthew, end it there. <laughs> ah!